This is episode 73 with Roy Morjan. This is Crowdfunding Uncut, the place where creators and entrepreneurs come to learn how to launch a successful crowdfunding campaign. Here's your host, Kirsten Ross. Hey guys, welcome back. This is another episode where I'm bringing on a, another pretty epic crowdfunding influencer. Um, Roy Morjan is the founder of Command Partners and recently has taken over Art of a Kickstart, um, which is another blog similar to mine. Um, I just I love bringing on other industry professionals because we can really dive deep into what makes a crowdfunding campaign successful. And uh, Roy is really big into the hardware and physical products. So if you listen to a few episodes ago with Clay Bear, Clay focuses more on the digital side and like creative tech campaigns, whereas Roy and I focus more on the the tech hardware startups. So it's um. It's been really awesome talking to him about his experience and how crowdfunding has evolved over the last six years and what are some of the downfalls that hardware creators will run into when it comes time to making a business. And so while some might see us as competition, um, it's not. I love collaborating with these guys in the space because they run a fantastic service and um, really we're here to get content out there to help you guys, um, get funded and make proper decisions. So, um, it, it has been an amazing interview and I'm just so excited to dive in and give you guys valuable content. So let's get started. Roy Marjan. It's so good to have you on the show. It is a pleasure to be speaking with you today. So guys, just like the Clay Bear episode, I wanted to bring in another industry leader in crowdfunding because I think we have so much to learn from different perspectives and considering that we have been on very different projects and, you know, Roy, you've been in the crowdfunding space for a lot longer than me. Um, I think we're going to have a great interview today and just conversation. So I am truly looking forward to it. Yeah. So it's, it's cool because if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, um, if you go back to, I think it was episode 10, uh, I had Matt Ward from Art of the Kickstart on and Matt actually decided to leave the crowdfunding space and focus on Amazon and Roy Morjan and Command Partners, which is his digital agency that focuses on crowdfunding. They actually took over Art of the Kickstart. So this is going to be really cool to see how you've merged the brands and taken over a podcast and just what that journey has been like for you, um, as well as how you got into crowdfunding. So before we get started, where can where is the one spot you want people to find you online? Uh, so right now, our, our main corporate website, commandpartners.com, or uh, our podcast, artofthekickstart.com. Uh, I'm on there weekly. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, what's it been like to take over a podcast? Because that must be so weird to, after Matt did 100 episodes, to change and just take over the podcast. Like, what what's that been like for you? Yeah, so this is like my first foray into podcasting. So I'm like a year into it now. About 70 interviews done, 55, something like that. So it's been really unique to find my voice, I guess, if you will. Um, but Matt did you know, a killer job creating all of this amazing educational content around entrepreneurship and crowdfunding, of course, on launching product online. And of course, our agency had been launching product on Kickstarter now for over five years. Uh, we've done hundreds of projects and now raised over $100 million for clients we wanted to continue that educational resource because 
crowdfunding is still in its infancy, there still requires that level of education of what is it, how do I make it successful, and all of those other you know small tips and nuggets that you learn along the way. I wanted to make sure that that educational resource lived on and just didn't die off into the archives of the, the internet, if you will. Um, so Matt basically, yeah, wanted to move on to the Amazon side of things. He presented us with this opportunity, and we certainly couldn't pass it up because of you know our role and how our core values align with educating clients along the entire way and being as transparent as possible with clients about every aspect of marketing and why we're doing it and what we're doing it. Make sure that they're you know a better marketer at the end of the day when they run their second, third, tenth campaign with us. They know how to ask the right questions and continually improve the process of crowdfunding and launching their product. So Art of the Kickstart really has allowed us to, you know, elevate my game, you know, in terms of the interviewing and the questions and really bringing to light all of these different stories of entrepreneurs from around the world that we never would have been able to speak to before, but now are able to bring their product to light using Kickstarter or Indiegogo to really launch and start their business. So it's been a really fun experience. I find it interesting too that you, because you have two brands, you have Command Partners and Art of the Kickstart. Why didn't you dissolve Art of the Kickstart into Command Partners or uh, like just into one entity? Yeah, I mean, Art of the Kickstart certainly had its own brand equity after we reviewed some of the, you know, links and backlinks and articles and everything that had been written about it. There was a strong enough brand and a cohesion there that we just wanted to keep it as its own, but we didn't have have to make it the command partners podcast uh art of the kickstart kind of could stand on its own based on the content the amount of traffic that the site got already and now that we've been able to basically double and triple some of the the traffic that we're getting organically as well as the lead and deal flow that we have and our subscribers to the podcast you know have really grown exponentially every single week because we're producing awesome content that people really want to want to hear more of yeah i love that and um with command partners, can we can you just walk me through? Oh, I know what it is, but for people listening, just to give them some context, what is command partners? What do you do in the crowdfunding space? Command partners is the greatest crowdfunding marketing agency ever. No, um, so, <laughs> no, I mean, so so command partners was originally founded. I started it almost uh, six years to the date. Uh, in a couple of days, it'll be our six year anniversary. So it's really exciting kind of the evolution of what we've gone through in terms of pivoting into, you know, a full service product launch agency, where when we originally founded the company and after I sold my first agency to start this agency, we were truly focusing still on, on social media, SEO and PR. Those were our main three tenants of service that we were doing on the digital side. And at one point we were contacted a while ago, I want to say almost five years ago now, of a campaign that was lacking success uh, and had really just kind of fluttered along and needed additional PR support for the project. So they reached out to us and we were able to double their funding goal within a matter of weeks with our PR contacts in the tech and media industry. And we thought, you know, oh, this is really unique. We're helping startups, which is our core passion in terms of bringing them to light and bringing their product out to market. But crowdfunding was still very much in its infancy. I think there was only maybe 2 million backers in the entire Kickstarter database at that point. So really small community of people that were very, very, very tight knit. Uh, And once we were able to get into there and start having conversations with these founders and earning their trust, not only at the entrepreneurial level, but also at the journalist level, because many journalists weren't writing about crowdfunding full time. Whereas now you look at any of the top tech publications, they have full-time staff members just writing about new innovation that's launching with crowdfunding. 
So it's really been unique, you know, how our agency has pivoted into the, the market leader in crowdfunding in terms of the marketing space of holistic marketing, not just a single service of, you know, an advertising channel, if you will, or a PR channel. We look at all of the different elements of content and media um, that's going to push and promote a project to success, as well as the long-term effects of the campaign itself and the founders as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, uh, I keep talking about crowdfunding as a business, and it's really awesome to hear that you share the same philosophy. Um, I remember, like, there was, uh, I was approached by someone who emailed me, and he uh, had launched his product, and four days into it, he had a goal of $100,000 and was only 4% funded. And he's like, hi, I would like to hire you. I have a $5,000 budget. Please, like, get me funded. And I just look at him like, okay. Um, please don't spend a dollar. We need to talk. And I told him um, like why there was just a lot of flaws with this campaign or whatever. And um, just, I find that people don't really know what they're getting into when they crowdfund and they don't do the necessary preparation they need to make sure that they have a chance of getting funded. And so I ended up um, taking this conversation with him and what I recommended and put it on a rant on Reddit. And um, like a lot of Smart people were like, oh, yeah, no, it makes sense. Crowdfunding is blah, blah, blah. But then there were a couple people that were like, why would I put so much time into crowdfunding and not make any profit off it? And it's, I find that some people have a very short-term uh, a short-term uh, idea when it comes to crowdfunding. They're like, I'm just going to launch this one thing and make a ton of cash, and that's going to be like fun the rest of my life. And it, it's actually not about that. It's about what is your long-term game to bring this online and how do you – use this as a positioning tool to turn this into a business for yourself later. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, it's a lot of times these entrepreneurs, they're, they're tinkerers, they're makers, right? They want to make a product. This is what their core passion is, but they don't necessarily have all of that business sense or have set up LLCs or, you know, done sourcing from China and all of these other elements that go into actually starting a company around that first product. But what does the next product look like? You know, what, what are you going to do iteration-wise, improve the product? How are you going to handle the customers and the feedback and the returns and the shipping and the taxes and all of these things that go into the business? You know, that's where we're helping out all of these entrepreneurs because we've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. We're able to set up this systematic process of a lot of our clients are, you know, overseas outside of the United States and North America, where we're having to help them, you know, set up and structure companies in the United States so that they can run uh, these campaigns on Kickstarter. Um, so it's really unique, the, the evolution of crowdfunding itself, as well as just the global reach now that campaigns can have. Yeah. And you've been in the game about five or six years now, and this is a very broad question, but... Um, I know for, for me, having been on campaigns a year ago versus now, even some of the strategies that you need to use to launch are evolving and they change rapidly. So um, my question is twofold. How do you keep on top of changes that are required to become successful as the market gets more competitive? And secondly, how have you seen crowdfunding evolve over the last five years? <clears throat> Yeah. So to answer the second question first, crowdfunding truly has evolved and it's in, you know, an awesome space right now. I feel where, you know, people have done their education at this point and they're more well-groomed to understand what it takes to launch a project on Kickstarter, but also make sure that it's overly successful. Now, obviously they can hire our agencies and we, you know, have an amazing success rate of making these million dollar campaigns, but 
there's enough content out there now from your podcast and all of these other blogs and sites now that there's a, you know, kind of a, a timeline or a process that these companies need to follow and begin months, if not years in advance of saying, this is my end goal to bring the product to market. Crowdfunding is my launch strategy and planning, you know, all of that around that in terms of working backwards. Answer the first question in terms of strategy. Yeah, it's clearly changed because the competition of new product that launches every week is consistently growing. If you just look at you know the hundreds of campaigns that are launching every single week on the top crowdfunding sites, it's harder and harder to get not only a consumer's attention but also a journalist's attention. You know they're much more strict now in terms of editorial approval that we found with our relationships with these guys and girls that write about campaigns is. You know, yeah, it's great that it's a new technology, but usually they're they're not wanting to write about it unless it's fully funded or if they can truly get the product to their offices and touch it, feel it, play with it, rub it on their face, so to speak, and get the full experience of it. Startups now really have to be in that place where they have that fully working prototype, whereas before they could simply launch the idea on the napkin and hope enough people bought into it and the vision and trusted the founder that they were truly going to deliver on that product. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And in your opinion, because I love getting a different perspective, what does it take to have a successful crowdfunding campaign? It takes a lot of support and a killer team and a great product, good video, amazing design, clearly stipulated rewards and content around it, and an amazingly strong pre-campaign marketing effort. Uh, you know, building up that customer database before the campaign launches is a critical success metric for every campaign that we do, because our preference is to work with clients before they launch the campaign to ensure that that foundation that we're working off of is as solid as possible so that we achieve and overachieve their funding goal within the first day, if not the second day. Um, so the pre-campaign element of building up that customer database and that virtual waiting line, you know, that groundswell of backers that's ready to go on day one to get those early birds. That's really the, the core focus that we try to instill into all of our campaigners, um, you know, if we're fortunate to work with them before they launch the campaign. Mm -hmm. If we're working with them, you know, with an active campaign, there's certainly enough that we can do to boost the overall exposure of it with our PR contacts but also with our backer community that we're able to reach out to and tell them about our next great product, as well as with Art of the Kickstart and the blog. We have tens of thousands of listeners and readers that subscribe to our newsletter that we can always share, you know, the next great product that we're working with uh, to entice and hopefully, you know, persuade them enough to buy because we've earned their trust with the selection process that our agency has to take only the best clients and only the best products that hopefully, you know, deliver on the, on the day. And we all know that, you know, delivery on a Kickstarter campaign typically is futile uh, in terms of what day they send because of all the delays that typically happen. But it's our hope that we're continuing to build trust in the industry with the customers that we're able to bring into the products that we're actively marketing. Before I forget, I want to thank the guys over at BackerKit for sponsoring this episode. Um, BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software tool that will help make the transition from funded to delivering your products very easy and streamlined. Um, you as a creator, when your campaign wraps up, you need to focus on what you love, which is getting your product in front of other people, not fulfilling, getting lost in spreadsheets and dealing with 
customer address changes or if they want any upsells or downsells. Um, that logistics part is a headache and not where you as a creator need to be spending your time when you're looking at creating a business and your go-to market strategy once your crowdfunding campaign is wrapped up. So if you have a digital or a physical product and are looking for a software solution to help organize and manage customer data, um, they're awesome guys to go to. Go to backerkit.com and if you are a member of the Uncut community, they're giving us a 50% off their uh, startup services. So to use that, type in code UNCUT at checkout and that's U-N-C-U-T backerkit.com. Thanks again guys for sponsoring this episode. Um, You have saved me and my team countless hours with your awesome tool. Uh, My next question is about what stage you should be crowdfunding at. So we have, um, I'm sure we both have people that come to us with an idea that they want to crowdfund for, uh, in terms of a physical product. And then you have people who have an, a working prototype. Um, I usually recommend, and I'd love to hear your opinion, whether you agree or disagree, but, um, anyone who comes to me trying to crowdfund an idea before they have a proof of a working prototype or, anything, I recommend that they get external capital, develop the prototype and make sure that, um, this thing actually works and they can properly assess their costs for manufacturing and getting a great understanding of what that looks like so that you set yourself up properly for setting your goal, your price point and all that. Um, and so I generally won't work with someone unless if they have a working prototype or at least they've partnered up with a design firm to get that prototype ready for campaign. I'm wondering uh, what you think on that and whether you think it's smart to crowdfund just for the idea stage to develop prototype or to have that prototype and then bring it to manufacturing. So we've done plenty of both types of campaigns where the prototype is completed or there are samples available and we can send them out to journalists. We always love that. Journalists always love that. And usually, you know, we can usually secure a lot more coverage and we build a lot more trust with the consumer typically, where it's like, listen, your product's going to ship next month. This is just the final capital we need for whatever logistics it may, you know, the capital may go towards. So obviously it's always our preference to have a physical product or prototype available, if not samples are always great. But for those companies that come to us every day, which is the idea on the napkin, and we get literally 100 of those per day. The reason that we don't turn all of them away is because of our recent merger with a product development firm. What we saw is a gap in the market where all of these entrepreneurs have these great ideas, don't know where to start in terms of the execution of that idea. And we didn't want to turn all of those people away. So what we were able to do is acquire or merge with a product development firm that can truly take that idea on a napkin, build out that initial prototype, do the research on patents, um, and get the prototype at least completed at a reasonable rate where then we can then launch the crowdfunding campaign, see if we can make it overly successful for then when we can actually then go and produce a true product, ship it. Uh, and potentially license it out with all of our partners that we now have on that end. Yeah, I think it's really great that you guys are turning into literally a full service agency because I don't, I don't think there's anyone else in the market that's a can help you on the marketing side, but then actually help on the development front too, which I think is a really awesome merger and good, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we're uh, we're super excited about it, and so are our customers and the people that are coming to us now. You know, outside of you know, like 
the, the brand that Inventus, the product development firm that we've merged with, has built over the last 15 years and the billion dollars in product that they've already sold and manufactured really gives us a leg up on anyone else that's out there, not even close to us in the space in terms of handling every single element that a product needs or a company that's going to launch a product needs from start to finish of the idea, the industrial design, the patents, the prototyping, the manufacturing, the shipping and logistics, and then all of the licensing partners and big box retailers that we're already working with to get the product into the shelves if that's the channel that they wish to take it in. So it's been really exciting for us. We've already got a half dozen products that we're creating in-house. We're gonna start making our own products now, which is really exciting to be able to truly deliver on the products that we know customers want. Um, so it's, it's, it's been really exciting for us, uh, you know, over the last six months with this merger. Yeah. I'm also curious because you, uh, work with them for pre-launch, uh, sorry, product development to, uh, launch this business online. Do you continue like after the Kickstarter campaign, what do you do with these people? Do you pass them off or do you set them off uh, up for e-commerce strategy? Like what sort of prep does a campaign get after they've worked with you? Yeah, great question. And again, another key differentiator of our agency is that we actually like to continue working with our clients post-campaign. We want to continue to work with them because of the education and the effort that went in on both sides, you know, for them to work with us and us to work with them on everything because we understand their brand, we understand their product, and now we understand who their customer is. We're working with 80% of our clients post crowdfunding campaigns to continue managing their campaigns or setting up their website or continually communicating with their community that they built and that we built with the crowdfunding campaign to keep them updated on progress and uh, project updates, et cetera, but really continue that relationship to grow a business with them. We've been doing it you know, now for over five years with these crowdfunding campaigns and We've taken some products that we were selling 10 or 20 a day on, and now we're handling their Amazon Launchpad store. We're selling 2,000 to 3,000 of those products a day for them with our continued marketing and digital marketing support. Do you take equity on some of these projects? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so we, cool. we definitely you know are open to fun relationships, if you will, where we're continually vested in the delivery of that product and making sure that it's overly successful with our digital marketing efforts. So there are a handful of companies right now that we have equity in um, that we're really excited about because of the potential uh, to bring that product into so many other homes uh, that didn't have the exposure to it on a crowdfunding campaign. How do you choose what, because I'm sure you don't take on every single client for a continued really like as you said 80% you'll continue with after how do you choose whether you want to continue working with someone and whether you feel like it would be a profitable partnership um, enough to take equity in something yeah so there's um you know kind of some ai that's built into our processes here uh in terms of the evaluation of the campaign the project the conversion rates the ad spend um, you know, the, the difficultiness potentially of the client geographically, was it difficult to communicate with them because they're on the other side of the world? Uh, a lot of different factors go into that as well as what does the future look like for that company? Are 
our visions aligned in terms of where the agency, our agency is going and where their company is going and seeing if there really is a true fit there in terms of their founders and our leadership team. Is it something that we truly want to partner with and be involved with that product and with that company long term? So we evaluate every opportunity that we have. And of course, we always appreciate it when the, the owners of those companies want to give us you know, equity into the company for our services, where we've earned their trust, their long-term trust, you know, to actually go into a partnership with them where we're, we're sharing in the success of the company. And I, I got this question the other day and I didn't, I couldn't answer it because I, I just don't know if these stats are out there, but considering uh, you and I both believe that crowdfunding is meant to be created uh, or creating businesses in the future, what do you, okay, I don't know if you can answer this, but do you know what percentage of campaigns that go from successfully funded actually create, like turn into a profitable business versus fail is question one. And question two is what do you think is the main reason why successfully funded campaigns don't make it to becoming a business? So I don't know the exact stats, so I can't quote you on those, but I, I do think that it's a really high number of companies that fail after they deliver their first product, potentially because they can't innovate past that or truly know how to run a business. Again, you know, we're dealing with the makers and the, the tinkerers of the world who have these great ideas and can conceptually build it, but not necessarily know how to run and make a business successful. Uh, where we see a lot of them failing. And hopefully, you know, a lot of the clients, we're, we're still trying to make sure that they're overly successful and continue to educate them and give them those resources that we've been able to introduce them to over the years and the partnerships that we have in place with, whether it be incubators or capital, uh, where we can get them loans and, you know, capital into the millions of dollars where we've done that before for startups. So each startup, as you know, is always unique in terms of what they look like, what their structure is, how many products they need to sell, what that initial order was. Did that, you know, rock the boat and sink them by ordering too many and not be able to continue post crowdfunding their sales? So it's, it's always in a different space, but it's, I think it always comes back to the, the, the entrepreneurial gene, if you will, or, you know, having it in your blood to truly start a business from that first product and be able to innovate beyond that. Yeah, I think it's so great because like coming onto the show with you, um, you look like a digital agency with a blog and podcast presence, but what you are actually turning into is an online incubator for startups. Exactly. Which is yeah, like I mean, we awesome. Yeah, I mean, we want to be, you know, a, a hardware product incubator, if you will, where we can take them through that entire process, educate them, make them successful with crowdfunding, and then really focus in on long-term scalability of that company and how many products can we truly move with all of the relationships that we have, whether it be with big box or online retailers that we've already been able to establish with our partnership now with our product development arm. What would you say is the number one thing that uh, entrepreneurs that are starting a crowdfunding campaign with the end goal of turning it into a business, what would you say is one mistake they make that, or something that they should be doing to give them a fair chance at turning it into a business that may be overlooked early stage? Well, they should be hiring either of us, right? Zing, yes. Love it. <laughs> 
All right. So, so outside of that, I mean, there, there's certainly a lot of, you know, again, the, the internet is filled with content, right? And it's a matter of getting the right resources in front of them. And really we've been able to, you know, try and build up this wealth of content for first time entrepreneurs to really establish and see if they've got the, the guts really to, to go out there on their own and start this company and leave their desk job or wherever it may be from corporate America and really go out there and you know try to move the needle with their entrepreneurial spirit and product that they first developed. So it's obviously not an easy road. Many fail. Um, but for those people that truly have the passion for it and are willing to do it you know, without a paycheck, those are the ones that we love to work with, you know, in terms of seeing them succeed and be overly successful, truly because of their passion and drive. Yeah, I love that. Um, when it comes to, I find it really cool that you can still salvage a campaign after somebody's launched. Um, so what do you do with a campaign when you don't have the luxury of working with them right up until the launch period, but... Uh, they come to you like two weeks in and they're not where they want to be. What can you help with? So first we scold them for not coming to us early on. And then when we move past that, um, <laughs> now we, you know, basically it's, it's kind of an audit of, okay, what have you done? What do you have? What do our assets look like? Give us access to everything. We run through a really quick audit and we say, okay, based on where you're at now, this is what we can do. Um, our PR arm is so strong with the relationships that we've been able to build that we're, you know, getting coverage on all the top sites out there because of the relationships and the trust that we've built with these guys and girls out there writing about it. So PR certainly is one of those things that we can move the needle on fairly quickly. The other thing that we do immediately is start running advertising to our communities of backers that we've worked with before or the community that we have with Art of the Kickstart. We have a lot of different opportunities to target repeat backers. And we see that those are the folks that already have an education of knowing what crowdfunding is. They've already backed a campaign on a platform and they know that this isn't like Amazon Prime where they're going to get the product in two days. They understand that this is a wait and follow along and be part of the process experience for them where they're investing into the startup and they're going to follow along with the project updates of, okay, let's you know see what happens with this product. It's really intu intuitive or innovative and this is a, a product that fits my need. We know how to find those people and you know really do exact match on the persona of the individual that we feel this product best fits where the company that probably launched it in the beginning didn't necessarily obviously have the reach that we do with the backer communities that we are a partner with, um, but as well as that focus on that exact community and exact persona of the individual that we feel is the best fit to purchase that product in a pre-order campaign. Cool. And you mentioned that you have access, I just want to clarify this, um, you have access to previous backers or you know, like, so do you have... Um, an audience of past backers that you've raised from past campaigns that you can contact again, or uh, do you have, like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So we have a mix of different ways to, to contact people. One art of the kickstart is a community that we can contact people with. We have a really large email newsletter that we can do publications with. We also have customer data from previous campaigns that we've worked with that we only use for targeting for lookalike audience purposes on Facebook advertising. 
where we say, listen, you look like a person that buys on Kickstarter. Here's a new product. Thoughts. Does it look good? Will you buy it, et cetera? So that's really the, the main calls to action there. And then as well, we have partnerships with both Kickstarter and Indiegogo as an agency partner where there's additional help and support that we get potentially for our campaigners to whether it be a project we love on Kickstarter or additional inclusions in the Indiegogo newsletter. So there's a lot of different ways that we can help out our clients when they come to us post-launch. Yeah, those partnerships are valuable. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. I mean, they really can help, you know, move the needle very quickly for our clients where, you know, say they've raised $4,000 in their first few days and they need hundred K. We've done that before where we've been able to raise, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for clients like that. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And I'm just trying to think how to keep this. What would you say is the, I asked Clay this and he had a really good answer. What would you say is, what is the question? Um, The one thing that works really, really well that creators should be doing that is not being done that often. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to come back for me, uh, the pre-campaign really focusing in on constant communication with that community that you're building before launch. Build that wait list. Build that anticipation. Show the people that the party's already going on and that they need to jump on board with acquiring their email address to give them an incentive to come onto the campaign when it launches to get that early bird pricing where they're basically getting the product at cost. Building up that email database is truly one of the most critical success metrics that we've seen year after year, campaign after campaign. Build that email database and make sure that you're involving that community in the process because that's why people are so excited about crowdfunding. It's the crowd. Get their feedback. Understand what they're thinking or what they want as a consumer of your product. Certainly, you don't have to follow every piece of advice, but there's a lot of good feedback out there that entrepreneurs and product developers should be privy to and you know, engaging their audience in, how do I make this better? What key features are you looking for? And really, involving these people into the process makes them the biggest brand evangelist for you in the future, whether you do that next campaign or start an equity crowdfunding campaign re-engaging that community to now be an investor in the company and own a piece of it, not just own the product. Well said. And guys, it's exactly what I've been saying. So if you don't believe me, believe him. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever Clay said. I'm sure it was solid as well. Actually, he, uh, his answer was, I wish that people did more, um, understanding their customer avatar in advance because they, that's people just make assumptions that they know their customer and they don't test it. So that was his thing. Personas. Personas, yeah. So this has been fantastic. Um, Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Do you have any famous last words? Sounds like I'm about to die. Um, (laughs) Wait, what is outside? Is that like a lawnmower or something? Uh, There's a somebody's blowing leaves outside of my office. It's uh, it's fall here in the south, so they're uh, they're blowing leaves, unfortunately. So. What can I do except tell the gardener to stop doing that outside of my office? Yeah, we're wrapping Uh, this up anyway, so. Fair enough. Famous last words. Go out there and build it. Fail fast. Crowdfunding allows you to really test everything. So don't be afraid to fail. Crowdfunding allows you to do that, but also get that critical feedback that you need that you're not going to get from your your significant other or your mom. You know, they're always going to tell you that it's great and keep doing it. But, you know, if you really want to test your product out, launch it on a crowdfunding campaign, but do your homework. 
look at resources of what we're creating here with these podcasts and the content that's out there already. Educate yourself before you, you dive in. And that's, you know, my last words, I guess. I love it. And they're famous. Well, I just made them famous. Apparently. We'll make them famous. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening all the way to the end. All right. Guys, building audience, if you didn't realize you had to do that, I have actually released a physical product checklist of how you can launch a successful campaign with a six-month timeline of how to do that. So go to crowdfundinguncut.com to pick that up. Um, It's a system that I've created from raising $1.5 million on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So these are tried and true. I didn't just make them up. Um, and thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I love you guys and appreciate you. And if you are digging the show, please do go to iTunes and leave us an honest review for crowdfunding uncut until next time. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.